0: Welcome to the Equipping
1: You in Grace podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us for the show today. This podcast aims to explore a biblical life view in a conversational tone. Let's join our host and founder of Servants of Grace, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have the pleasure of talking to Tim. Tim, welcome back to the Equipping You in
0: Grace podcast. Thank you, Dave. I think it's been quite a while since I was last here.
1: Yeah, I think I looked, and uh, I think we, we both—well, uh, I looked. It was about three years ago. So uh, uh, it's been about the length of—I uh, started this podcast October 2015. So, so you were around the first uh, people that I first interviewed. So oh, Thank very you good. For, uh, Thank you for being a guinea pig, and and hopefully uh, even smoother this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. Can you uh, catch us up, Tim, on what's going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on ministry project-wise?
0: Yeah. the The, the current film project is uh, I'm I I it's a continuation of the Dispatches from the Front film series that was started about ten years ago. We produced ten films, and then um, I took a break and and wrote a book, and then started this next film series called dis, called Luke's dispatches and what i'm doing is uh, I, i'm i'm going to the cities and regions in the book of acts what i call Luke's dispatches because his his book is is like a travel log as he's chronicling gospel advance in the first century and i wanted to go to the, the to the same cities and regions today to show gospel advance in those very cities and places today to show and underscore that that what jesus began he continues and and he will complete so uh, that's my current big, somewhat ambitious uh, project. But um, I'm, I'm really thanking God for the things he's teaching me and the people that I'm meeting along the way. I've, uh, there are going to be six films in this series, and I've uh, filmed and written four of the six uh, so far.
1: Oh, wonderful. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what what uh, update by way of ministry do you have that you can
0: share with us? Mm-hmm. Well, since we talked in... Uh, three years ago, um, Frontline Missions, the, the organization that I, I serve with, we've completed a, a huge Bible distribution project in Ethiopia uh, among the Oromo people. Tremendous gospel advance among that people group in the last 20 years. But um, as I discovered there some time back, uh, maybe one to two percent of the Oromo Christians actually had the Bible in their own language. And a Bible was available. Uh, it just it was just a supply and demand issue. And uh, uh, with some amazing Ethiopian partners and others, we we joined together and um, we just wrapped that project up with uh, just over a half a million Bibles and New Testaments distributed in the Oromo language. So that was a great blessing to see the impact in, uh, of these Bibles on the on the churches there in mostly in southern and central Ethiopia. Um, I'd say another big project for us is uh, we're increasingly involved in um, gospel radio work in North Africa and. And it's been wonderful to see the hunger for God's word. And you look at the statistics and you say, well, this country is 99.9% Muslim, and, uh, but, but God has his people there. The word is going out and there is there are Bibles being requested and people are coming to faith um, and little house churches are springing up. And so that's been a very encouraging ministry effort initiative in the in the past couple of years that we've had the privilege of um, um, joining with our brothers and sisters over there in partnership.
1: Well, it's so wonderful to hear about what, what uh, God is up to all. On- around the world and uh, yes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because of that uh to to Further continue this conversation. Uh, can you tell us a bit about your book that you that just published recently, um, "A Company of Heroes: Portraits from the Gospel's Global Advance"? Why did you write that,
0: and and how is it being received? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the one of the privileges of my life has been to travel and see uh, the Gospel's advance all over the world uh, in so many different countries and cultural contexts, in times of war and peace. And uh, I just love to share those stories because I think those stories of grace, magna The big story of grace of of God's gospel work and mission in the world. So uh, it was an opportunity for me to to bring some uh, people into um, view. I I like to think of it almost as um, pages from our family photo uh, album or family scrapbook, because these are our brothers and sisters. And uh, by grace, we are our lives are bound up with Christ and therefore bound up with all other believers. So it it was a way to to also not only magnify the, the real hero of the story. Story, our Savior, but also to underscore our connectedness with uh, brothers and sisters around the world. And I think it grows our, our vision of God. I think it grows our understanding and confidence in His gospel. And so, for all of those reasons, um, I, I wrote the book, and uh, just to share some of the stories. And there's so many, many more to share. But, um, yeah, A Company of Heroes.
1: Well, so it's it's really well written, and I and I really enjoyed it. Um, so, thank you for your work, brother. Really. Thank you. Can Can you uh, tell us about
0: how you became interested in Christian heroes from the past? One of my early missions memories is is, is someone giving me a copy of a book called Hudson Taylor and Maria, uh, and it was about Hudson Taylor and his uh, his his wife um, and how God shaped his um, vision for missions and for China for the needs of China and brought Maria uh, into his life and how they served together for a number of years and it's it's in a sense the the uh, the, the first the book is most about the first phase of his life and uh, in ministry in China, and I I was just really impacted by that. And so I began to read other books about Taylor and then other missionaries, and these biographies were deeply impactful uh, to me in growing my my vision and my faith. And and then I started asking people, like, tell me, like, people that I I knew that were serving in missions, veterans on the field, tell me the most uh, influential biography that that you've read, and that would also give me uh, fresh ammunition uh, for, for reading. And, and, and growing in my knowledge of, of what God was doing in the world. So biography has been an important part of that. And in, in this particular book, each chapter is, a, in a sense, like a miniature biography or more like taking some aspect of a person's life, whether it's endurance or courage, um, and telling their story through uh, those um, those gifts or the impact that God has—how God has used them to impact others for the gospel.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good. I'm also a huge fan of biography. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite series in particular is um, A Long Line of Godly Men, which is published by Reformation Heritage, which is uh, ac- absolutely excellent. Um, yes. Oh, oh uh, you're familiar with it.
0: Yes, yes. That's a, that's a great series. And, and John Piper's series um, is very, uh, very, very helpful as well. The swans are not silent. The swans are not silent, yes. Yeah, yeah. And quite good.
1: Well, you, you write about, uh, quite a bit about the persecution of Christians. Um, can you
0: tell us a bit about the state of perse- the persecution of Christians around the world? Hmm. Well, that's a, a a big topic, but but certainly something that we, in in our more comfortable Western settings, uh, need to understand from a biblical standpoint, not just from a current headlines sort of standpoint. Um, you know, it's it's important. First of all, understand that that persecution of Christians around the world, which is on the rise, uh, is um, the Bible teaches us is it's linked to Christ persecution. Um, and we it's in so many places in the world. It's it's normal. Um, it's not normal here. Um, and. Um, And so I think it's really sometimes hard for us to uh, truly understand what the experience is like. But um, in so many places in the world, I I remember a Chinese house church pastor uh, friend who told me this was after he and his wife had had been arrested and interrogated and their apartment raided. And they had gone through so much. And he told me, he said, as as pastors, we always expect to be arrested. He said, that's that's understood from the beginning. And that was just an interesting (laughs) perspective uh that this is this uh this is life and ministry where we live and we ex- we accept that we understand that that this is always it's not like they're seeking it and we should never seek out persecution um, but uh, when it comes it's not a surprise and that's what that's really what Peter said in his epistle about don't be surprised when these things come um, so um, certainly the persecution as i said is on the rise in of christians is on the rise in so many uh places in the world china being a, a prominent one in India um, persecution of Christians is on the rise under the, uh, this current radical Hindu regime uh, in India, um, and I, mean, I could go through the list of countries, but uh, um, there is um, it is on the rise and what I'm also seeing from the Christians that I'm interacting with is that God is giving them grace that um, as one Chinese Christian told me recently uh, in the midst of this current persecution that there is uh, there is great joy in the churches uh, these days. Uh, that was just a beautiful little reminder that Jesus is with his people even in the midst of the suffering that's very real and very painful um, but he is with his people and he will not, not for a moment ever abandon those that he loves.
1: Tim, how can we be praying for those who are who are facing a lot of
0: persecution right now, pray that they will have uh, pray according to Acts four kind of prayer, where the church uh, in the in the in the initial phase of persecution that we see in that book, where the the Jewish leaders that had only recently crucified Jesus are saying, "You you you stop you stop preaching in this name. You you stop this right now, or there are going to be consequences." And so there were threats. They came back. They reported to the church, and in the in the only corporate prayer of the church that's recorded in the book of Acts. It's just really interesting to read this Acts 4 prayer. And what they pray for is um, they pray that that God would give them boldness to speak the word. So um, pray that God would give them the grace uh, of, of boldness to speak the word, even in the face of intimidation and threats, and that the Spirit would work. And in that setting that um, they would see how valued Christ is and that um, he would draw people to himself and even in those difficulties
1: yeah that's that's really good really really well said in recent days you know we've heard about a lot about persecution of, of Christians um, in China w- what's the reality on the ground there in China um, you know you can only say so much I understand that and and how can Christians pray intelligently for our brothers and sisters there
0: yeah. Um, it is uh, it is certainly the case that uh, persecution is which has always been a factor in in China uh, discrimination and persecution uh, has been um, more isolated or localized maybe in a particular city or province and it might flare up in another area but be more more free in another part of China Th- that kind of situation is is still the case in in China but I would say that uh, there's no question that the persecution is on on the rise and is more uh, general now uh, across the country. Um, uh, that being said, Christ is continuing to build His church there. As I said, even this uh, this friend of mine telling me recently of the uh, the, the joy that uh, they're experiencing as a church and the outreach that is un- outreach efforts that are underway and getting good news out to people on campuses and in uh, the uh, outlying provinces of, of that country. Uh, Jesus is still building his church. And um, I, I have I've often said, I, I wish that somehow I could get this word across to like Chairman Xi or uh, Prime Minister Modi of India that, that your efforts to crush the church will fail. I mean, th- this, is, this is not going to succeed. This is, this is what I would call an epic fail. Uh, do something of uh, that's maybe more constructive, <laughs> like you know, build your tomb or something, but 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 leave these Christians alone because you will not you will not succeed in in destroying them in crushing the church, um, because you're up against the king of kings and uh, and he will succeed that that's guaranteed by his cross and and his resurrection. So um, all that to say that um, uh, the gospel is continuing to go forward, even in the face of intense opposition in China and in India and in other places across, across the Middle East and North Africa.
1: That, that's really helpful. Um, for those wanting to learn more about the persecution of Christians, where would you direct them for additional resources?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, would, I would recommend a, a re- there's a reliable uh, media source uh, uh, on keeping up to date on persecution stories. And breaking news and it's a, it's a group called World Watch Monitor. Um, there are a number of different organizations um, that are involved at various levels in um, reporting on wow. the, the state of the church and on persecution stories. But I would say in my experience over the years, I found World Watch Monitor to be the most reliable and less oriented around sensationalism and fundraising and, um, and, and more on reporting these stories so that the church will know what's going on. On and advocacy groups can be involved in a in a meaningful way. So if if someone's interested they can go to worldwatchmonitor. um and uh, that's a that, that's a great news source, worldwatchmonitor.org.
1: Well, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes so that people can check that out. So, you know, just go to our our site and you'll find this uh, interview and You'll be able to, to go there as well well we hear about you know Syria on the news quite often as well what what is the state of the church there and what most encourages you about what
0: the Lord is doing well Dave there's a lot a lot of course to be heartbroken not just discouraged but heartbroken about in the in the Syria story uh, this the, the people there have suffered so much under uh, this regime as well as all the foreign actors and players forces militias in their country. Um, And I have been with Syrian refugees in a number of places in the Middle East and in Eastern Europe, and uh, my heart breaks for uh, these people and what they have suffered. I was recently in a number of refugee communities in um, a part of Turkey, and there were a number of people I met who were paraplegics as a result of shrapnel or bombings or snipers. Just um, it breaks your heart to see how uh, a teenager, all his life ahead of him, a, a, a young dad, um, just in a, in a moment of time, can be um, paralyzed. And yet, I'd say um, in the midst of that suffering, that um, that Jesus is bringing His servants into the. Life lives of these people who are in such need, and their hearts are open, and, and I just loved seeing the Christians that I met in these, uh, in these settings. That were uh, the 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 hands and the feet of Jesus going into some really hard and risky places, but but skilled to help um, these people who are quadriplegics and paraplegics. Doors were open for the gospel, uh, and homes were opened for the gospel. Hearts were open for the gospel uh, in this time of suffering for these people. So that has been um, that's been the, the the light that I've seen, and I, uh, this gospel light it's 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 Christ that I've seen in these uh, dark and difficult situations.
1: That's uh, a that's a really good answer.
0: Um, you know, we
1: we have also heard for you know two decades and, and more uh, news out of Afghanistan that um, is. It's not good. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, what is the state of the church there and what most encourages you about what God's doing in Afghanistan? Mm-hmm.
0: Afghanistan is a is a really great reminder that in Revelation 5, 9, that around the throne, there are people from every tribe and, and tongue and people and nation. And that includes the Afghan people. Afghanistan is, is one of the hard places. I mean, it's one of the really, really hard places. And yet uh, Christ has his servants there and they have been, they've lived beautiful lives of service and of witness. Um, and I, I've seen that firsthand, but it's still very difficult. Uh, it's a, it's essentially a capital offense to become a Christian. And um, the persecution will not just come from the, the family, it will come from the government. <laughs> so it's a, it's a hard place. There really are essentially no above ground churches in the entire country. But again, Christ is not bound by these things. I was just um, not long ago in a In a a European city where many refugees have come to and was blessed to worship. This was just stunning to me because I I have uh, been to Afghanistan on a number of occasions, have had workers there and friends and and seen the enormous cost, uh, even uh, friends who have lost their lives. In, in Afghanistan, um, so to be in this in this city in this church that was pastored by an Afghan uh, pastor, and I worshiped with like 50 or 60 Afghan believers. It was just oh, it was just like a taste of heaven. And and I I I, I told the pastor of, of my friends who have served and suffered uh, for the sake of the gospel to the Afghan people, and I said they rejoice to see this day. So um, Jesus is at work even in all of these uh, hard hard situations and that includes the the intractable situation in Afghanistan
1: yeah well Tim there's a lot that we haven't covered in, about uh, this topic and just as we wrap up this conversation can you give our listeners a, uh,
0: a few takeaways yeah the, the the first thing I would want to remind all of us as as believers is that the church is not in decline we can get discouraged when we see our maybe our own situation at home or in our church or in our country and the headlines that are beating us down day after day to, to look at all this and just wonder if God is still in control and I mean, maybe intellectually we know that, uh, but in our hearts and the way we live and, and look out on our circumstances, we can begin to wonder like, is is the gospel still work? Is it still relevant? Is the church in retreat? And the church is not. As I mentioned, Afghanistan and, and Syria and China and India and North Africa and these are the hard places. And, and the Gospel is not just at work in those places, but. It's also mightily at work in this country as well. And there isn't a gospel for the Middle East and one that you know, works there, but it doesn't work here. There's only one gospel. There's only one Savior. There's only one God. And he is not in some cosmic tug of war. And we're not, we're not sure whether he's going to win or not. He's won. I mean, the success of God's mission is guaranteed, already guaranteed by the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. So I'd say lift up our eyes with hope and confidence in our great God and and speak the message, speak the message of life uh, that's found in Christ alone. Well, I'll give
1: you a hearty amen. Amen to that. Amen. Well said. Well, where can people uh,
0: go to learn more about your ministry work, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, our, our website, uh, I serve with an organization called Frontline Missions International. We've been at this kind of work in, in the more gospel-destitute parts of the world for the past 25-plus uh, years. Um, our website is at frontlinemissions.info. Frontlinemissions.info. I-N-F-O. I also blog at uh, timkazi.com.
1: Wonderful, Tim. I I really appreciate the time that you've given to me and to our listeners. It's it's been very insightful, and I know that it's going to help a lot of people uh, to open their eyes to the reality of of persecution of christians all around the world so thank you so much not only for your time and your work uh in this book but also for your ministry
0: brother thank you thank you dave very much thanks for letting me come back on the on the program anytime brother you have a blessed day thank you
1: thank you so much for listening we hope that you were encouraged by today's episode don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. For more uplifting and thought-provoking content, please visit us online at servantsofgrace.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Servants of Grace and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Servants of We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you next time.